but we launch things today with David Probert, who I'm pleased to say is indeed in the studio. Uh, David, thanks a lot for making the effort to come in this morning. Um, first of all, I described you as one of the most informed jockeys in the weighing room. How do you feel about the way the season has gone this year, but also the last few seasons where, was it two years ago, you achieved your season's best and you, you've smashed that this season so far? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, it's been a great few years, really. Um, I've been lucky enough to ride for many consistent uh, owners and trainers. And, you know, I've been very lucky for them also. And um, to reach a century for the last few seasons yeah. has also been amazing. Well, let's have a look at the jockey's standings in the championship because you currently lie fourth in that. I mean, your whole statistics for the year are quite incredible. But within the jockey's championship itself, 79 uh, winners so far, 1.1 million pound in prize money. Uh, you know, Oshin Murphy, William Buick and Tom Marquand, only the, the jockeys ahead of you in the standings. But for the year, you've ridden 124 winners uh, and won 1.48 million pounds. So it is going remarkably well. Has it exceeded your expectations from where you were say five or six years ago or is this something that you always felt would come with a patient approach? Um, yeah a bit of both really um, I mean it's been a lot of hard work being put into it um, I mean over the last four or five years I've you know like I said I've consistently wrote plenty of winners and um, I felt as though this year it's slowly become a bit better and slightly better horses and riding those winners on the Saturdays and so on and um, I've really got on a roll and I, I was very lucky through last winter I had a real good I had a real good se season and um, it kind of bounced into into the grass and I was always really consistently riding winners every day and it was just kind of got the ball rolling those better winners mm. come and um, yeah it's, it's been a, it's been a great year. Let's take it back to the start, if we can. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, born in Wales. Uh, how did you decide that being a jockey was going to be the thing for you? Well, um, I grew up in a in a small town in in Wales, uh, South Wales, um, in the valleys called Bargoid, and um, me and my sister always had ponies as at a young age, and um, we just we just enjoyed kind of racing them along the field and. Um, you know, and we just knew that we wanted to be in racing because my f my father was always into it, and also my mother loved riding horses. Also, um, never really done much good at school, and um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all in that boat. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I always really wanted to to, to be in racing. Um, never ver very big, um, very light. Also, I was always the smallest in my class, and. Um, kind of just w wanted to achieve something really in racing so at the age of 16 I went off to the racing school um, and then got allocated to go to Andrew Boldings and um, yeah the rest is really history really I was kind of there for for six months and then Andrew said yeah, I'd like to get your license out and um, obviously I was there with William Buick at the time and um, it was it was kind of it took a while for me to kind of get get the hang of things early on in um, what respect well, it I uh, rode a lot of lot of horses and not many winners through my first probably eight months of riding. Um, I think it took me like fifty odd rides to get a winner, and um, I think I was my first winner when I was eighteen at uh, Wolverhampton yeah. for John Llewellyn, and uh, I it just it just really just things just clicked then, and I was able to kind of get confidence in the races and 
and started having a great year um, in 2008 or something. Then we, we were joint champion apprentice, me and William. Yeah. So it, 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 things just went on from there. Just, just remind us, when you, when you rode that first winner for, for John Llewellyn, what, what was your, your body weight at that time? Well, I remember my first ride for Andrew. Um, it was on a horse called Tiny Tim at Lingfield. Never Appropriate. forget it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I got on the scales, I was like 6'11", six, 6'12". Six six wow. Yeah, so it was fairly light. God, that's half my weight, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was very, very light, very light jockey. And, um, you know, but obviously I've been very lucky and it's it stayed pretty light. And now I'm a level off for about 8, 7, 8, 8. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I've always been pretty lucky on that on that respect. Can I ask one thing about growing up? Because I was chatting to Jason Weaver about being a small kid growing up at school, and you you tend to get pushed around a little bit, a little bit of bullying, and you're on the receiving end because you were one of the smaller ones. And he was describing the fact that that sort of upbringing made him determined to find something in which he was going to be a success in at some point that perhaps nobody else was going to be able to, you know, the, 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 the bigger ones, the ones who did a little bit of the, of the bullying or the pushing around. Did, did you ever have that experience at all, being, being a, a small lad growing up, uh, you know, at school yeah. times? Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose it did really. Um, my, my mother was very much into her horses and um, she sadly passed away when I was nine. And uh, I know that she, she wanted us to be in racing, me and my sister. And my sister's obviously, she, she works for for Charlie Appleby now, and she has two two little girls, and she's she's doing great also in in the industry. But um, yeah, I just really wanted to kind of achieve something um, that she wanted us to really do. And obviously, being very small, also um, at school, yeah, I did get thrown around and probably bullied at times. But um, yeah, it was always something in my heart that I really wanted to to, to achieve, mm. you know, in, in something. Uh, I imagine, therefore, that when you won the or shared the, the, the champion apprentice title in 2008 with William, uh, I imagine your, your mum wouldn't have been far away from your thoughts at that moment. And I, I, I guess there must have been a, a huge feeling of pride in that. Yeah, most definitely. And um, my father also, he's been, he's been uh, like a rock to us. And um, he always kind of made sure that we we're, we're always had the opportunities to go forward in, into something. and. He made sure that uh, he was taking us up to new markets or places to ride out and so on. So, no, he's been a, a you know a massive part of my life, and um, he still is, and he takes me racing also. So it's you know it's been a real family thing, and yeah. uh, you know it's 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 been good that I've actually kind of achieved something you know where I am right now. Absolutely. So go back to 2008, as you well know, having shared the the champion apprentice title, a lot of people will have correlated both yours and William's career and how William's gone on and the things that he's done and, and your slightly more sort of um, later progress in comparison to William. Was there any, ever, ever any envy watching William doing the things that he's done since that champion apprentice title? No, because I think, you know, William obviously deserves the opportunities and I'm not saying I don't deserve the opportunities. Um, it took a little bit of a while to kind of get things rolling and, you know, William got very lucky and um, he went off to Dubai to ride for um, for Druber and um, mm. then got the, the um, John Godson job. So um, he's done very well and he he, he was able to um, have a bit of luck in those group group company races early on in his career. And um, you know he had a couple of horses that to take him to the top. Um, 
They're very difficult to find, but uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been very loyal to Andrew, and mm. Andrew's been very loyal to me also, and um, stuck by the yard, and I've ridden some very good horses from also. Yeah, uh, and we'll come to the horses in just a moment. But the but the Balding team, it's it's not just a team, is it? From from everything that you hear from people who work there, from speaking to Andrew, Annalisa, etc., it's not a team. It's a it's more of a family. Would that be the right way to describe it? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's it really is an amazing place. Um, great place to learn. Different gallops. You learn different things every day. And <clears throat> when me and William were there at a young age, um, Ian was a very good mentor. So and would take us through things and you know explain stuff when even if we had a ride and go and watch the replay with him and so on. And uh, it was just a real good place to grow up and um, a real fun place of that yeah. also. Did you ever get any? Serious telling off? <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, would, what would incur the wrath of the Baldings? What sort of examples are you can tell us on a morning show? Yeah, um, so you take us through, you know, style of riding, don't be too wide, and where you could have positioned yourself a little bit better, switching your stick onto your left on a right-handed course, and stuff, just, you know, small stuff that matters in, you know, where, where you have to make those decisions in a split, you know, in a split-second yeah. decision, and you know, he was he was great to go through things like that. Well, what are the what are the first good horses that you remember riding, even at, at home, perhaps, or not just in a race? Because I guess that's the sort of thing that really helps confidence, but also uh, allows you to understand what a good horse feels like, so you know yeah. when the confidence starts coming through the reins. Yeah, um, probably have to say Highland Knight. Um, he was a he was a real consistent horse when I was an apprentice, and. Uh, Won some quite nice handicaps on him around Epsom, and um, he was. I was lucky enough to ride him abroad also in uh, in a Group Two, which he went and won. Mm. Um, so it's um, he probably done. You know, he he really gave me the confidence as uh, at that younger age to to feel what it was like to kind of to you know to ride a race a bit better because he was very uncomplicated. You could yeah. ride him handy. And he was also very good as well and quite talented. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I'd probably say him. Yeah, OK. Uh, and the, the, the tougher parts of, of a jockey's career, I imagine, are when you obviously people talk about the hard work that you put in, the hard graft, the loyalty, etc. But I guess when the rewards aren't matching the efforts put in, is that the way to describe the biggest challenge to a lot of a lot of young riders when they work so hard they put in all those hours but perhaps they they get one ride for the day they get three or four rides for the week and there's not a lot coming back is that the biggest challenge yeah it can be quite demoralizing and, and um you know you can put a lot of hard work in, into the sport and uh you know sometimes you get very little out of it but i think you know you you need a, you need a bit of trust and a bit of loyalty on your side and um I'm lucky I ride for a, a variety of trainers and some very loyal owners also that um, yeah. like ride me, let, let, like me on their horses. And, um, you know, I just think that when, when you're riding constantly every day, it just gives you a bit more of an edge. Yeah. But when you go and racing for ones and twos, uh, you know, it can get to you slightly. But, um, you know, you just need people to trust you. Yeah, uh, and that's thankfully a, a thing of the past for you now, because you're talking about riding for a variety of trainers, and I prepared a quiz question for you. Unfortunately, I've already asked you uh, <laughs> earlier on today, but but for people at home who may not know, I'll start again. 
how many winners, I'll, and you can give me the answer that you gave me the first time when I asked you, how many tr different trainers have you ridden winners for this season? What was your original answer? I just say around about 15, didn't I? 15 to 20, but... And the correct yeah. answer was actually 45. Uh, David Probert has ridden winners for 45 different trainers so far this season, which was a surprise to me, but also I found interesting was a surprise to you as well when I yeah. mentioned it. Why? Why? Well, I know there's been a very great, good season. I've ridden plenty, you know, plenty of winners for different trainers. But um, yeah, I didn't realize there was so many. Um, I suppose you know, it's <laughs> yeah. I've, I've I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky. I've got a very hard-working agent, also Neil Allen, yeah. that gets me plenty of rides. And um, yeah, I've got him to thank for a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what does that say about? the way you communicate, the way your, I guess your agent communicates, but also the fact that you're so talking about trust. You know, so many different trainers are prepared to put you up on their horses. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I, I, it, it rolled into the, to the grass season and <coughs> I've consistently rode for different trainers um, throughout the year anyway. Um, but just, you know, it's, it's just getting those opportunities on better horses. And, you know, when these trainers just give you the, a free rein to, to ride the horse with just feel, yeah. it makes life a lot easier. And, you know, it's, um, I've, like I said, I've, I've just been able to just get on that roll this year. Yeah. And it's just been a, r a real thrill. Well, let's go back to a couple of good horses that you rode. And let, we'll maybe have a look back at the Stewards Cup in, in 2016. You were riding Dancing Star for, for Jeff Smith. And people talk about a, a big Saturday winner. Well. In terms of uh, a jockey trying to, to make a name for themselves, it doesn't come much bigger. Of course, it can do. But a, a, a Stewards Cup big betting race on a Saturday, uh, obviously for a team that you're so closely associated to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dancing Star, she definitely gave me a boost in my career. Um, I always remember riding her early on, and we know she was very special, and um, you know her work's been was very good, and she won at Newmarket, and um, she. She had to have a couple to fall out of the Stewards Cup for her to get That's in. Right, yeah. And um, I was looking on the morning at Dex and we needed one more to come out. And and just in the nick of time, one fell out and she dropped in on the bottom. And I just knew she travelled so well throughout her races. And um, obviously Loxon won, won this race. And yeah. Andrew was always saying, oh yeah, she, she, she looked just like her there. Just <laughs> never in doubt throughout the race. And, she always felt like that throughout the race. She was just so much raw speed and she travelled so great. And um, this day she she just really did relish it and um, put the race quite to the bed quite easy at the half point. I, I love the way she would go about the race in the closing stages, that ears back, head down attitude. I mean, when you get on a horse with that sort of uh, will to win, how much do, do, do you enjoy that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, she really did stick her head down and run to the line, and she tried so hard. And um, you know, it always helps when they do that. Uh, and Jeff Smith is is again someone who's been pretty loyal to you, I guess, over the years. Yeah, massively. Yeah, um, Jeff's been great and um, a very loyal owner to the yard, also. And um, he, you know, I've ridden him plenty of winners, and um, he's he's always always let me ride his horses, and um, I've had a lot of luck for him along the years. Mm. Uh, um, um, I guess a, a classic would be a huge thing for a, for a jockey to to put on on the CV. You came close. Yeah. You came close on on tip to win uh, in the Guineas. Uh, was it 2018? Saxon Warrior saw you off on that occasion. But again, that must have been a thrill. 
Yeah, it was. It was great, and uh, you know, for for Anne Cowley also, which was um, which was great because she's been very loyal to me, and um, I had a lot of success on Tip to Win. And um, Roger Teal, who trained him, we went over to Qatar. Um, this little horse, he was. Yeah, I remember fir first seeing him at Windsor. He was a small little thing, uh, Dark Angel colt, and Roger saying he, he he goes very well. And um, I, I, at Windsor, he was he wasn't very green early on, and the split opened up on the fence, and he took off and won two and a half lengths. And I said, "Geez, Roger, he could be okay." Yeah. And um, he went on then to win a listed race at Doncaster, and then. Then he went over to Qatar, and I was—I I managed to get back on the horse, and he just always felt great, and he had a very good turn of foot for a, such a small horse, and was able to kind of handle that sharp track in Doha yeah. quite well. And he went over there and uh, ended up winning a, a, a Group Two, and um, done quite well actually. And yeah. and he, he was always kind of fit and small and nimble. So when he went into his three-year-old career, he had that kind of that edge he still had that Early edge part going of the season. yeah so he had that edge going into the guineas and we knew he was he was such you know un underestimated in the guineas and no no one really thought that he could run a race but i actually thought you know where his form worked out so well he could be competitive and his turn of foot he really showed into the tip and accelerated out of it and i did one for at one point i did think <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I was but just about to say, when you got <laughs> on Saxon Warrior's tail, you might have thought you had a sniff there. I did, I did, but no, take nothing away from Saxon Warrior. He was a very classy horse and um, he did run his heart out this day and beat some very nice horses well, in defeat. I was just going to say, you know, when you look back at that race, you Saxon Warrior in front, to your left you've got Massa, yeah. the Derby winner, and over on the far side you've got Roaring Lion on the stand side rail. I mean, it was a really good guineas. Uh, yeah. uh, I guess afterwards connections were <laughs> completely over the moon. Yeah, we were ecstatic, yeah, and um, we were just amazed how well he ran and... Um, you know, unfortunately, things didn't really work out from there on. But um, yeah, take nothing away from me. He was a real classy horse. Um, one other thing uh, to mention before we come to this year's races and have a look back at some of the good successes this year. Remember you got the ride on Crystal Ocean when he ran in the September stakes uh, at Kempton against Enable. That's right. Um, and I remember chatting to you that day and, and there was a, a deal of pride in the and you've spoken about it. And this is the word that comes to mind, trust. The fact that Sir Michael Stout, a trainer of his standing, trusted David Probert with a such a valuable commodity uh, as Crystal Ocean. Just just remind me about that, and 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 perhaps expand a little bit more on that that feeling. Yeah, well, um, I I have ridden for Sir Michael um, a number of times throughout my career, and um, when I did get the call up on Crystal Ocean, I couldn't really believe it. Really, he was his highest rated horse around yeah. at the point, and. and um, I was thinking this is a massive opportunity, but um, obviously up against Nabel also, um, and it, it was a it was a prep going forward into the arc, and um, he was just such a gent of a horse mm. and 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 so easy to ride. He would relax so well. Obviously, Nabel was, you know, different class, and um, you know, but he 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 gave her a, a a run for her money in the King George, and you know, he was. He's, he was such a lovely horse to ride. He was, uh, and in fact, he, he ran a very creditable race. He was giving a weight that day, so yes, everything was yeah. in her favour. He was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about this season and the way it's gone. Obviously, the headline horse for you, Sandrine, she has been outstanding. And even when you look back at the, the latest defeat, you still there's enough in there to believe that she's, she's going to be very good. But she started off at, at Kempton, 
she won. Did you believe then that you were sitting on a horse that would win at Royal Ascot and then go on to win uh, the Duchess of Cambridge? Yeah, well, I, I sat on her probably um, a few weeks before she ran at Kempton, won her first start, and um, and to be fair, she 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 actually she worked very well, and uh, we're lucky enough back at Kingston we have some very nice two-year-olds also. Mm. So um, she 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 felt as though she was very professional, and when she turned up at Kempton, she was almost like she she already had a run, and she was very right. straightforward and. She just jumped well, and she'd done everything so uncomplicated, and and won quite quite well that day. Um, but you know, obviously, when we went to Ascot for the Albany, because the form had worked out so well in behind. Yeah. You know, Andrew was saying beforehand. She said, "Oh, we just look for another novice race," <laughs> so, and because um, the form worked out so well yeah. in behind, he said, we "Was it Kirsten Rousen who wanted to run? Was she the one pushing the?" Yeah, and I think he spoke to Kirsten, and he, he was saying, "Oh, I th you know, we'll go for another novice," and then obviously, because the form has worked out so well before we take the chance in the Albany and, <laughs> and to be fair when when it turned up at Ascot that day we were just praying that it wasn't going to be off because yeah, it was, it was such monsoon yeah. weather um didn't think my chances were in for much but um yeah to be fair she she, she really w did have an engine she quickened so well from the two and and she did relish it and um yeah and obviously she just went on then to win the Duchess of Cambridge so easy enough and you actually said that she won at Ascot despite the ground and the better ground at Newmarket would be in her favour. And it, and it kind of proved that way because she showed another terrific turn of foot. Yes, she was excellent this day. Um, I mean, she had a nice pace to, to follow against the, the kind of the packed edges off towards the stand side, side rail. And I've got left out on the wing and it's, it's quite difficult for, for especially a two-year-old filly yeah. making ground on the outside without passing horses. And she got left alone a little bit. but. Really did quick and well up the hill there, the July course, and I felt as though she she was very professional and, and you know and quick and so much better on that ground. Yeah, and, and then York on the face of it, people look back at that race and they think, okay, well, <coughs> she's got beaten. It was slightly disappointing because she, what she'd done in her two previous races, but she's given weight away to a very very good horse, and the fact is that you know, slightly marooned where things unfolded. What were your thoughts about immediately in the aftermath? And then once the dust had settled as to how, how good that performance was. Obviously I was gutted because, um, you know, I know she's very talented, but, you know, um, just looking back at it, she, she had to carry the five pound penalty and um, at a very sharp track also. And she went into the gates very early that day and she just got her head. She was, she was just bobbing a little bit. And mm. it's quite important at a sharp track like, like, like York to get away quite well and she just missed it a fraction, probably a length or so, but I was always two or three positions further back than I wanted yeah. to be. And um, when I had to make my move, I had to switch right around the horses and, um, you know, the, the take never away from the winner. He, he, had, he had a real good run through it and he had two lengths of me going yeah. down to the furlong pole and, and helped me well at the line. But, um, you know, I just think uh, different circumstances, she would have just been a bit more competitive, yes. It's interesting to hear you use the word sharp and being ready for that because the impression that you get from her is that she'll get further and that maybe, maybe, she might be a, a, a 1,000 guineas filly. What do you think? Definitely. Um, she's very relaxed in her races. Um, she can switch off quite easily in behind, in behind horses and uh, she feels as though every time she's run, she's galloped out so well after the line. So I, I do believe she'll mature quite well as a three-year-old and... Um, Physically, she looked like she'll, yeah. she, you know, she'll 
she will come on a, a ton for it also. So, no, um, I do believe that she will stay further. Is the plan the Chiefly Park? Yeah, at Chiefly Park a week today. Um, I had a sit on her the last um, this week, and um, she feels in great shape. And she really has come out of a York run in, in top shape. So. I'm open for uh, And I know that we often talk about this and we often hear jockeys say, you know, they put a they put a smile on the face when you get to ride horses like that at home. But but knowing what she's done, knowing the potential that she still has, when you turn up uh, at the yard and they say, right, OK, you're on Sandrine today. Does that actually make a huge difference to your day? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just uh, I'll go in the box and say hello to her every morning, really, <laughs> when I'm in, even not when I'm riding her. And um, yeah, she is such she's she's very well well tempered in the box and um she's she's great to ride at home and like i said she's she's in r the form of her life at the minute and yeah. she looks like she's taken a real bounce out of, out of york so i'm hoping she's uh, she can give her give give a good run for her money there on saturday well you didn't get the job done on Sandrine at York, but York has been a pretty good course for you this season. Melrose, you won on uh, Valley, For Valley Forge. That was a beautiful performance. I mean, the horse travelled so well. You must have been full of, of confidence through the race. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he, he, he was in the flashes early on um, in the season and he took a while to kind of get his bearings right. And when, when, he, won, when he won at Foss last, he won quite well. Yeah. And... Um, we just knew that he had handled the ground quite well, and um, and the the, the traction had been too much of an issue because he does travel quite nicely. And um, we had a bit of a wide draw, and I managed to get in quite nicely, yeah. one off the fence, and followed the right ones through. And um, as it as it was, everything just opened up so well. And he travelled into the race so beautifully, and he actually did just put his head down and hit the line very nicely. And I know that he will stay a little bit further in time, so yeah. you know he's he, he's a very nice horse, and he actually ran at Haydock there last week, and the ground probably dried up a bit too much right. for him. But um, yeah, he he he'd be okay, and you know we haven't seen the last of him anyway. I I, I as a as a punter, as a racing fan, there's nothing more exciting I, I think than when you've got a horse travelling like an absolute dream and a jockey with a double handful and waiting to see that. That, that whether they do it or not because some horses yeah. don't I mean you, you look at Al Arzi yesterday yeah, maybe sure. it, uh, he, he must be a nightmare to know exactly what to do with him but but when you're traveling like you did uh, in the Melrose you know is that uh, looking for a word to describe what it is for a jockey you know is that is that the the, the, the moment when you can when you know you've got everything beaten is that the thing that, that excites you most as a jockey when you know you're in a good one that's got everything covered yeah, um, well, in the Melrose, I kind of travelled into the race a bit too well um, <laughs> because I've gone past the two and a half and I'm nearly going to hit the front and I was thinking, I hope nothing's following me because if something's just got to turn a foot in behind, I'm just going to be in a bit of trouble. But yeah. this I thought day, you were going to get really beat when you came off the bridle, to be honest. Yeah, he, he like I said, he, he travelled so well, I was just a bit worried he, how much he was going to find on that ground, but he did really knuckle down for me under pressure and... You know, like I said, he he he, he relished the ground quite well, and he pulled That's me beautiful. into the race. So um, <laughs> I'm almost having to drag him back at this point. But um, it's um, like I say, he he he's a very uncomplicated horse and travels so strongly. But ideally, I'd like to hit the front of Furlong out traveling that well. But yeah. um, on this day, it worked out pretty nice. What's the best feel you ever got on a horse in terms of the way it's travelled through the race in class uh, on a racehorse? Um, I'd say at this point probably Sandrine really, the way she actually does sing in her races. She's got 
it's just the way they find under pressure, the gears that they can give you and yeah. how much they actually feel, feel how much speed they've got off the bridle and she feels as though yeah. she has so much of it, it's hard to get to the bottom of. I guess one of the other good things about your improved confidence, the fact that you're riding for so many trainers, the fact that you're doing so well, is that technically, Jockey David Probert is actually better now than you've ever been. Would that be fair? Because you look back at a finish like the York Stakes, uh, where you won on on Bangkok. I mean, watching that as a, as a fan and as someone who you know has watched racing for such a long time, you're looking at that ride from you and thinking that's that's top class. You you couldn't find better than that. Uh, how do you feel about how you are technically? If we we look back at that finish, for example. Oh yeah, thank you, Richie. Uh, yeah, I just think as though you know I want those opportunities in big races. I want to prove that I can I can compete at a top level. It's getting those horses to ride at that level also. But um, when I get those chances, I want to take them with both hands and make sure everything goes right. And you know, I I I want to ride Group One winners. You know, I want to ride these better horses and take nothing away. I've had some real good winners this year, yeah. and you know, I'm hoping that Sandream can actually take me there. Well, it might not be might not be too long to wait. In fairness. Um, that's in the immediate future, Sandrine, yes. in, the, in the Chiefly Park stakes. So long term, what, what ambitions do you have? Or is it simply a case of things are going so well at the moment, I just want it to keep going on that track and I'm not thinking more than my next ride? Or do you have something way down the line that, you know, maybe one day I want to be champion jockey? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I want to just, I just take it on a daily basis. I want to, I want to ride winners. I want to go racing. I hate finishing out the back, and you know, yeah. it's it, it, I, I when I go racing and I have a win, I just feel as though if things what's gone wrong and um, yeah. what could I have done different. But um, it's um, it's just trying to ride consistently and ride winners and get your get your name out there and and make sure you can just cons constantly just perform at a top level. Yeah, and the best thing about we share one thing in common, David. We can both pretty much eat whatever we want and hardly <laughs> put a pound on. Is that? pretty much how things go you're so lucky yeah very lucky very <laughs> lucky no um yeah i can eat i can eat what i want and so i'm very lucky on that on that respect so. yeah i wish i knew what that was like <laughs> uh david it's been a real joy sitting here i can't believe the time's flown by as it has i could carry on chatting to you for ages thank you very much for coming in best of luck with sandrine we'll be cheering you on and hopefully uh that group one in the chiefly park is uh, not too far away